Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to episode number 76 of Thyroid Nation Radio Live Talk Show and Podcast. I'm Dana Bowman, founder of ThyroidNation.com. And I'm Tiffany Milanich of GratefulGarden.biz. I think that sounded like I said thyroid nation. <laughs> You're feeling a little cartoonish this morning, are we? I know. Thyroid nation. <laughs> okay, that's uh, that's how the day is going to go. All right, today oh, we are talking with the one and only Morley Robbins about how iron rusts the body and magnesium saves the day. It's really a big topic. That may sound kind of simple, but it is. <laughs> we could just talk to him for hours and hours, so we're really, really excited about having him on the show today. Really excited, especially with uh, thyroid patients taking so many crazy supplements. So I am really, yeah. really excited. Of course, real quick, if you've missed any Thyroid Nation radio podcast, you can super, super easy download and listen to them at your leisure, which is very cool on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Acast. So make sure to, yes. to catch up. There's some amazing, amazing topics that we have been so fortunate to be able to cover. Oh, and you know, job. I know, don't we? It, it, it's not even a, um, a job, really. You can't even call it a job. No, no, you can't, right? Okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm working. In the... We spend too much time in the perpetual jaw drop listening to this, you know, like... Oh, don't we? We do. We're in flower-filled <laughs> moments all the time. All the okay, time. Okay, Morley Robbins, a.k.a. Magnesium Man, is one of the foremost experts on magnesium's role in the body and the delicate dance magnesium plays with iron, copper, and calcium. And it really is a dance. In 2012, Morley founded the Magnesium Advocacy Group got and uh, you know on Facebook and gotmag.org. And he remains um, the facto leader of the Magnesium Group. And it has 60,000 members. Oh, actually, it's like 64. I looked at it today. Is that funny? He is oh a God. certified health coach with an expertise in hair tissue mineral analysis. He's performed over 7,000 one-on-one consultations with patients from around the world. He is a regular speaker and author on the changing healthcare landscape, the benefits and challenges of living a healthy lifestyle, and the critical need for individuals to take greater responsibility for their health, with particular emphasis on eating real food and restoring mineral balance, right, obviously. Through um, Magnesium MAG, he is committed to educating as many people as possible about the magnificence of magnesium and ending the epidemic of magnesium deficiency plaguing the health and well-being of American society. And he's got all kinds of um, accolades and, and degrees, and he is just the man. So we've uh, we've wanted to have him on the show now. for a long time. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, his profile is like nine pages long. So, uh, <laughs> But we are really thrilled to have him on today. So uh, without further ado... Oh, my gosh, he's with us, and we are so incredibly excited. So let's get this Thyroid Nation thriving. Good morning. Good morning. How are you guys doing? We're good. He's He's live. That's so exciting. Welcome. I know, right? (laughs) Glad to be here. Thanks for the invite. Absolutely. Um, We we, – go ahead, Tiff. No, no, I'm just uh, just like pining to to get to it. It's just incredibly – important and I think way more people are walking around magnesium deficient than they actually realize. No, yeah, they really well, are. It's a very 
very prevalent condition that yeah most people are completely unaware of and you know it, even with all the work that I think what got me started was reading Carolyn Dean's book The Magnesium Miracle and that was a big wake up call for me after working in the hospital industry for 32 years I was like I was always curious gee I wonder why everyone's so sick and then I was reading her book like it was a murder mystery novel I'm like oh my gosh now I know why everyone's so sick but I think what's been fascinating for me is I still wasn't satisfied that it was just a magnesium deficiency. I knew that there had to be, there's always a bad guy. Every story has a good guy and a bad guy. Well, we knew the good guy, Maggie, as I call her, she she keeps getting bumped out of the cell unless no one talks about who keeps pushing her out of the cell. And it was actually about a year ago, I was reading an article by a, um, Italian iron researcher who referred to iron as the greatest source of stress in the human body. And it was an arresting moment. I went, oh my gosh, now I know who the bad guy is. So now I know who the villain is. And we have this wonderful, you know, heroine. She's doing thousands and thousands of things to, to help keep us going. And in an, in an iron toxic body, it just wears out magnesium. It's it's unbelievable, but nobody talks about it. Nobody's. It's it's like the way I describe it is the the locomotive of allopathic medicine runs on two rails: iron overload and magnesium deficiency, and those rails never touch, but they're bolted together. And, and that's, that's perfect. The, yeah, that's the issue. Is no no one would ever suspect that they're related until you really start to get into the cellular machinery. And what what I've been able to do is kind of pull back the curtain on a lot of of research. But one in particular, everyone talks about inflammation. Oh, booger booger inflammation, like it's a disease. It's not a disease. It's a symptom of magnesium deficiency. And so a very important research team at, at George Washington University in 1992, headed up by William Wiglicki, who's a, just a brilliant scientist and physician, he and his partner, Terry Phillips, proved that it was a significant loss of magnesium that triggers the cellular process of inflammation. And, and I've relied on that research, you know, countless times uh, since I read it many years ago, probably six years ago. And and then this morning, I read the other side of the story. It's like Paul Harvey. Now you know the rest of the story. But well, turns <laughs> out that, that when there's too much iron in the cell, it triggers an enzyme which causes the activation of what's called nuclear factor kappa B. And what actually happens is nuclear factor unhinges from kappa B and the nuclear factor goes up to the nucleus of the, of the cell and it activates 150 genes to cause inflammation. But, but why does that happen? Because magnesium isn't there to protect that kappa B and can't prevent 
nuclear factor going up into the nucleus because of too much iron. So the whole thing has been connected. And so now it's like the the issue of magnesium deficiency, iron overload, they're flip sides of the same coin. But no one talks about that. That's the amazing thing. It's just, it's just, you know, we talked with what, what the world of nutrition and health and medicine is ruled by is this mono-focused discussion of this metabolite versus that metabolite. That's not how the body works. The body is in constant balance and its ratios and its relationships. Oh, and if they don't understand those relationships, exactly. And if you don't understand that, then, you know, you don't understand how the research has been manipulated to get you to have certain beliefs. And that's really what this is all about, is getting people to think about it a certain way, but not that way. I don't want you to think about it that way. This is like a magic act. What does the magician in a magic act always want you to do? Pay attention to my right hand. Don't pay attention to my left hand, which is doing all the magic. So called magic. So it's it's all about this illusion of, of truth that I think dominates the, the field. For sure. And let's, let's spend some... Yeah. No, 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 no. We're both like, both of us are chomping at the I bit. I know. We are. We're so excited <laughs> to talk We're to like you. sitting here chomping at the bit, listening to your G's. I mean, there's just so much, those relationships we want to talk about and have you dispel many of those myths. But uh, we would love, we start out every show, Morley, with hearing people's uh, story about how they got involved. How did you get involved in this? Magnesium, magnificent, as you call about it. Where did where did this come from? This passion for magnesium. Okay, I'll, I'll give you the I'll give you the thumbnail sketch. <clears throat> I grew up in a very sickly home, a uh, lot of illness, and so I wanted to be a doctor because I wanted to help people. So I went to to college, and I'm a lousy student. I mean, I was good in high school, but I didn't have the discipline to be an academic. And it was um, it was my organic chemistry professor. Uh, his name was Gordon Galloway. He made sure I was never going to go to medical school. Uh, and he just <laughs> just like oh, <laughs> we had we must have maybe crossroads in an earlier life or whatever. But suffice it to say, I applied to medical school. Nobody would get near me because I was just a bad student. And um, so I decided to do Plan B, which is become a hospital executive. So I did that. I went to business school and and played the hospital game for 32 years. I was a I was an executive for 12, and then a consultant for 20. And I flew all over the country, solving problems and trying to make the healthcare system bigger and better and you know better and better in a good way. At least I thought. And then I developed what's called frozen shoulder from pulling a suitcase behind my back for 20 years, and my body basically said, we're not doing this anymore. I, I couldn't lift my hand above my waist. I, I was barely sleeping at night. It was so excruciating. So I went to a health food store that I had frequented, you know, the, you know, the uh, people who worked there, and I said, what if you got for a frozen shoulder? Because the doctors wanted to operate, and I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. Right. So, <laughs> so they sold me some supplements, and it didn't do anything. But what they told me before I left, they said, you know, what you really need to do is you need to go see Dr. Liz. Well, I knew that that was code for chiropractor. And I said, no, thanks. I don't do witchcraft. So I walked out with my supplements. And 
endured another two months of misery. They came back to the health food store, and, and I said, you guys must have something stronger than this. This just isn't working. And the owner looked me in the eye, and she said, Morley, we love you. Go see Dr. Liz. And I went, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm going to do this. And so Dr. Liz, is a, she practices what's called network chiropractic, where it's a light touch, but it's in her practice. She had nine clients at a time, and it was a network of clients helping to heal each other, and she would work on each person one by one. It was, it was a very powerful model. But for someone who was raised in a very allopathic environment, I about freaked out. I walked into the room and I went, oh, my God, I can't, I can't believe I'm doing this. And as soon as she touched my back, I could feel this, like this release. And it was like I was looking for the, the seatbelt. It's like, oh, my gosh. Long story short, Dr. Liz is now my wife. Um, <laughs> I love later. that. Great. You married the woman <laughs> with the magic touch. <laughs> yeah, right. no kidding. And, and she, she, along with several other people, there, there are actually five people who helped to birth Magnesium Man. As he's now become, I've kind of renamed myself Magneto Man because of my focusing <laughs> on both magnesium and and iron, so it's like and the, iron, yeah. a magnet. Yeah, iron. I, I love it. Mag- <laughs> so, so I'm now Magneto Man, but she she was a very key um, midwife in that process, and she allowed me to just think and read for almost two years. I mean, I was on a sabbatical for almost two years, and it was an unbelievable opportunity to step off the the um, circus and just think about what's really going on. And I, I mean, I, I started to read every morning. I, I spend between two and three hours each morning at Starbucks reading, thinking, reflecting. And I've done that for almost eight straight years now. And it's really wow. helped me. Yeah, it's really helped me have a better understanding. And so I happened upon, uh, I was looking for a form of magnesium that was more bioavailable. And long story short, I connected with Patrick Sullivan Jr., who's the CEO of Jigsaw Health. And we struck it up. He's, he's just a really classy guy. He's another one of the midwives. And, and he said, well, he said, what, uh, what you need to do is you got you gotta, we got to write a book. You got to write a book. I went, I do? Oh, yeah, okay. So, so we, <laughs> we went off and he hooked me up with this cardiologist up in New York and we were going to write a book. And it was going to be about how magnesium deficiency causes heart disease. And, and as part of that, in order to sell a book, you have to have a community. So as a, I mean, I was just a pure selfish bat. I started the mag group to have a community so I could sell a book, so I could tell the people how smart I was. And <laughs> I, mean, I was just, I was, don't I mean, mind I was me giggling. Total, I'm sorry. No, no, but I was a total brat about it. I was, I was really, it was all about me, right? Because I knew I had figured it out. And and my obviously my thinking has evolved quite a bit since then, but it was about a year into the journey when I realized, oh my gosh, this is a church. I have a church here. This was when there was like 2,500 people in the mag group. And, and it's been an amazing transformation to see how 
willing people are to learn the truth, to act on the truth, to challenge convention, to to really get to simple solutions instead of complicated solutions, and just it's been a it's been a transformation uh, for me, and along the way I've you know interacted with three thousand people in thirty different countries around the world and done eight thousand uh, hair tests and it's just it's like it's, it's mind boggling what what what's happened as a result of that. And so, excuse me, not 8,000, for over eight years I've done 3,000 hair tests, but over eight years of just this amazing process of discovery, and it really centers around three key minerals, magnesium, bioavailable copper, and iron. And, and I put them in like, like three points of a triangle, and in the center is my, my obsession, which is the enzymes to ruloplasmin, which if those three minerals are in balance, you have optimal levels of ceruloplasm and you have a healthy person. But if the person starts to get stressed out and, and everything changes, ceruloplasm tanks, and that's when all the chaos ensues. So it's a very different way of, of approaching it, and it's just been this gradual evolution over the last eight years of this very naive, magnesium-only kind of guy to a much more uh, aware, much more, uh, much more sensitive. I mean, after you've listened to 3,000 different stories about how people get sick, you really begin to realize that there is just no end to how people can get out of balance. I've got a client, I've got a client who had a stroke in utero. Mm. She's, now, she's now 18 years old, but she had a stroke when she was in her mother's womb. That's that's unheard of, and and that's mm. what we're being subjected to is these very extreme conditions that never existed in our ancestors' time. They they would they would be what? It's just it's like it's so far beyond acceptable uh, belief. It's, but but this is happening. I was just talking to a mom who counted up the number of vaccines that her two nine-year-old twins have been exposed to. Thirty-six vaccines in nine years. Oh my gosh! And that's yeah. and that's, that's and I don't I don't mean to get into a really charged topic. I'm just telling you. No, no, no! Of, you're just you're making my list of questions get longer and longer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I want to ask we're, about we're, magnesium and vitamin D because I know you talk about vitamin D deficiency. You are if you're vitamin D deficient, you're magnesium deficient. Period. Most people don't right. even realize that vitamin D needs magnesium to activate vitamin D. So I, we, there's just so many relationships iron. Now, what I want to just kind of, if it's possible, back up at, you talk about bioavailable copper and iron and magnesium and their relationship, and if those three things are you know, synergistically balanced. Can you mm-hmm. tell us a, a, a mini quick version for the listeners <laughs> how to tell that? Because unfortunately, most uh, thyroid <laughs> patients are going to get serum blood done as opposed to hair mineral yeah. analysis. Can you tell us a little bit about how those two differ at all? I, I know that is totally way off topic, but just to get people no, it's to... No, that's an important question. Yeah, that's a real okay. important question. So, real simple, um, when you're baking cookies, <laughs> do you care whether the kitchen temperature is 72 
or whether the oven temperature is 350. Right? Ooh, that's a, you don't really that's worry. A, yeah. You don't care okay. about it. You don't care about it. Well, the kitchen temperature is serum. Oven it's temperature is red blood. Yeah. And the oven yeah. temperature is red, is red blood cell. And the red blood cell is one of the most metabolically important cells in the human body. Why? Because it's delivering oxygen so we can have energy. It's like, it's like, it's so, it's so foundational. It's like, if you don't have good red blood cell metabolism, you don't have a healthy body, period. And so magnesium is an intracellular mineral. There's, there are minerals that like to hang out inside the cell and there are minerals that like to hang out outside the cell. And so magnesium and potassium are inside the cell for the most part. They do exist outside of the cell, but the overwhelming majority is inside. And calcium and sodium like to hang out outside the cell. Again, they exist inside the cell too, but it's, we're talking about 98% being one way or the other. And so it doesn't make any sense to me to use a yardstick that's measuring room temperature, which is the serum magnesium. Right, right. When you need to know when you need to know oven temperature, which is the magnesium red blood cell. And the fact that doctors don't make that distinction should send a chill down people's spine. That they don't that they don't understand that and what they what the research shows is that this was in uh, I believe Oklahoma uh, in the early 2000s, they did a study at a medical center in Oklahoma, and they surveyed doctors about the use of a magnesium blood test. Didn't matter whether it was serum or red blood cell. How many of them did a magnesium blood test for their patients that were in the ICU unit? Oh my God! I, I don't even want to hear this. Do I? You, no, you what don't. Was it? Because I because don't. 96 percent. 96% never Ugh. thought to measure magnesium. In and ICU. In, in ICU. ICU. Intensive care unit, for the, those that don't know. Yeah. And, wow. and the incidence of magnesium deficiency. So the term magnesium deficiency is bannered about on the Internet, but it has clinical significance. It means that the magnesium is so low, it shows up on the serum blood test. That's, that's such right. a dramatic deficiency so that the incidence of magnesium deficiency in a ICU unit is about 80% of the patients. Oh my gosh! So then, well, getting so getting then, mag, getting a physician to draw magnesium is literally like asking for a wing and a prayer, let alone RBC magnesium. But it, you know, it's my experience. It, it's kind of like you know hemoglobin and hematocrit for iron. Those can be that can be right smack in the middle, perfectly normal. Same thing with magnesium, but if the body is pulling from its own storages, it's it, that is a critical deficiency. But yet, that regular serum blood work can look very normal. Absolutely, it's it, very and it, scary. And it does. The thing is, what is blood? It's a transport medium, and the pH tolerance in the body is seven point three five to seven point four five. There's no, when the body manages the pH of the blood for a reason, how does it manage pH? With the electrolytes. 
So the electrolytes are kept in constant balance to keep the blood within that pH tolerance. So it becomes an irrelevant medium for measuring metabolic health. That's right, because the body's oh. brilliant at maintaining that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, okay, we're going to pull from everywhere to keep you alive. Exactly. So it's almost and like it, it almost should be like a last value. You know what I mean? Really, if you think about it, you know what I mean? No, that's exactly right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> and, and so it, it's just that, that that's that's the foundation is that doctors don't use that. They don't, again, there's a reason why I tease them and call them mineral denialists. But that's what their degree stands for. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Mineral denialist. That's denialist. great. I love it. But it's so true. It is a very, it's not, very true. So here's, here's an important picture for people to have. Everybody drives a car. Just about everybody drives a car. Well, cars work the same way enzymes do in our body. So we have, we have 9,000 enzymes, give or take a few, around the human body. And when I say the word enzyme, the first thing that pops into everyone's head is the digestive enzymes, you know, amylase and lipase and things like that. Well, they're 9,000, but they all work just like the car you drive. But here's the question. When was the last time you drove your car without a key? And you think about the size ratio of the car to that little piece of metal that you put in your purse or your pocket, but if you don't have that little piece of metal, you can't open the door and you can't turn on the engine. And enzymes work the exact same way. You've got to have a mineral key to open to the active site, and you have to have a mineral key to turn on the rotor because all enzymes have a rotor. Why? Because they're moving electrons from the left to the right or the right to the left. And there's one rotor, which I think is amazing, and it's, it's at, inside the mitochondria in complex five when magnesium gets hooked up to the ATP molecule so they can actually have energy. And that rotor called ATP synthase, that rotor spins at 9,000 revolutions per minute. So the car you drive, the car you drive redlines at 6,000. And here's the tragedy. Most practitioners, not just telepaths, most practitioners think of minerals as hood ornaments, not the keys to start the engine. That is a great analogy. That is true. They really don't focus on them whatsoever. And the entire emphasis is put on, yeah, yeah. It's a great disservice to, to everybody, especially, you know, I mean, if you think about, if you think about how that's kind of how you simplified it, and the fact that most people don't know it and, and most doctors aren't, aren't helping us, it's, it's, it's frustrating. And the thing is, you know, it's, it's very easy to get into doctor bashing. And I, I've done my fair share of thumping them in the nose. But we can't really find fault with them. They're doing no. what they've been trained to do. Right. They are. Exactly. We say that on all, almost all of our shows, truly, yeah, um, yeah. Morley, because right. because they really are doing what they, you know, they what do they say? Like they've had nine hours of nutrition classes, and that's about it. Seven, less than yeah. seven, yeah. Seven. Peter Osborne was seven. mentioning, yeah, less than seven hours yeah. of nutritional training at all. Right. And and yeah. they and they honestly believe. I think they really believe. And I always 
capitalize the word or the letters L-I-E and the word believe. They, they honestly believe that food doesn't matter, that the stress in people's lives doesn't matter. Well, the fact of the matter is the, the my reference, we, we know that magnesium gets lost to stress. And I, and I call it the magnesium burn rate. That there's like a little meter. And when you're under a lot of stress, you know you're under a lot of stress because your stomach knots up and you get a headache and you just feel the pressure. Well, that whenever you feel that, you're back to your earlier question, how do we know? Well, when you feel that sensation, that physical sensation, you know you have significant magnesium burn rate, which means the body is getting weaker. Why? Because there are 3,000... 751 enzymes that depend on magnesium. They require that that's for, as key. That's 42% of your metabolism. Right. Yeah. And, and it's not the 300 that's on every scientific article and every internet article talks about, oh, it's about 300 uh, enzymes that are influenced by magnesium. You know where that 300 came from? It was a conversation with a guy named Bert Valley, who was a professor of physiology at Harvard Medical School, and he was once asked, Dr. Valley, how many enzymes, this is in 1955, how many enzymes oh are, are influenced by magnesium? And so he p- pulled a number out of the air. He says, no, no, it's about 300. That's where the number 300 comes from. Bert from Valley 1955. Responded, <laughs> responded to your question in 1955. And now it's internet legend, and it's, and it's scientific fact. No one's ever... So, so if someone got bothered by that, thank God it did, and they discovered what's called the magnosome. You know, you know what a chromosome is? Well, there's a magnosome, and that's where they discovered, oh, my gosh, it's 3,751 proteins, ergo enzymes, that are triggered and, and dependent upon magnesium as the key. They don't work without magnesium. So it's, I'm sorry, I don't think it's rocket science. So when a, when a doctor tells me I never thought to test for magnesium, I'm like, well, then you've got the intellectual curiosity of a gnat. <laughs> oh, my gosh, I love that. I love that. Oh, my goodness. I'm just, I just, I'm focused on the car and the magnesium being the, and the key, key to all of these different enzyme reactions and, and how when people are deficient. So, let can, Morley, do you mind if we do a little bit of a plug-in for people? Please, so go we, ahead. Absolutely. Because I just want to squeeze your brain of all that information. <laughs> um, but so many of us are vitamin D deficient. I mean, we hear about that. I mean, it's not, it's not you know, exclusive to the thyroid community, but particularly in the thyroid community, but also many of us are, are critically low on iron. So you talk about iron overload, and I want to start with the iron or whatever you think is best to start with to explain this fragile relationship and how magnesium applies to this. So how do you think we'd best do that? Would we start with, with iron or would we start with vitamin D? Where, where do you think? Well, here, I'll, I'll come at it. I'll, I, I will answer your question. You know, I love to answer questions. Um, let me do a little role play. If, if I were a conventional physician, 
there are three things that I would focus on. I would focus on your thyroid. I would focus on your calcium. And I would focus on your iron. And by doing that, I would ignore your adrenal glands, your magnesium, and your copper. And when I successfully ignore the adrenals, magnesium, and copper, and I focus on thyroid, calcium, and iron, I am then guaranteed a waiting room full of sick people. And I call that the triangle offense of allopathic medicine. Because they don't understand, they don't understand minerals to save their soul. Again, no fault of their own. They just weren't trained there. But the fastest way to undermine the health of the human body is expose it to too much calcium and too much iron. Now, let me get get under the covers of of that comment. So what is vitamin D? Vitamin D is the oldest hormone on the planet Earth. Vitamin D is the most powerful hormone in the human body. It is not a candy. And people are being told, as you've said, that they're vitamin D deficient. It's the mantra. This is an important point, is that back in the 1960s, Americans had the highest levels of cholesterol on the planet. And now, some 50 years later, we have the lowest levels of vitamin D on the planet. Which is, it's a curious juxtaposition. Given that vitamin vitamin D is made from cholesterol. Mm, Isn't that interesting? Mm. We have this toxic level of cholesterol, but we can't seem to make vitamin D. Utilize it. So what is Yeah, yeah, right. So there's a very important article for anyone who has any any curiosity at all. Professor Deng, D-E-N-G, published in 2013, and it's on Magnesium Deficiency and Vitamin D. And in that article is a figure, figure one, gives a very clear, understandable, and precise map of how the metabolite vitamin D evolves from cholesterol under your skin into the active hormone calcitriol in your kidney and There are four key steps, each of them requiring magnesium. How about that? Ding, ding, ding. You can't can't manage vitamin D without magnesium. So why would the body always show up as being vitamin D deficient? Because the body is incredibly smart. That's why. And when the body is expressing it has low storage D, Again, it's, it's, this is not a vitamin we're talking about. It is a hormone. Every hormone in our body has an active and storage state. Cortisol is the active hormone. Cortisone is the storage hormone. Right? T4, yeah. 
storage, T3 active. active. Every hormone comes into flavors, including this <laughs> metabolite called hormone D. And so you can never measure one without the other because then you're being irresponsible, right? Right. And a lot of people have gotten into a lot of trouble with thyroid because they would measure TSH, not measure the, the metabolites in their active and storage state. But the point is, when the storage state is low, it's usually because the active state is really high. So why does, why does calcitriol exist? Historically, on this planet, it has always been magnesium-rich and calcium-poor. That's the history of the planet Earth. And there are three key hormones. They're called calcitropic hormones that are designed to regulate the levels and location of calcium in the human body. Calcitonin, parathyroid hormone, and hormone D. And all three of those hormones are regulated by magnesium status. So what is, cal- what, is, what, what is hormone D's active calcitriol? Why does it exist? Its job, because every hormone does have a job, and every hormone has a target site for its job, well, calcitriol's job is to go to the intestine to absorb more calcium at the expense of magnesium, thank you very much, to get more calcium into the bloodstream. And so when the, when the storage hormone is showing low, it's because the body and the hypothalamus that runs the body senses, oh my God, I've got so much calcium in the blood, I can't, I can't afford any more. And because doctors and most patients don't know that the body is minerally driven, they don't understand that if the storage level is showing low, that actually what's really a, a, the problem here is there's not enough magnesium to balance the excessive amount of calcium in my body because these minerals need to be in proper ratios. Right. And that's the way, that's the, way the body works. And so when, when there's too much calcium to magnesium, there are a lot of serious problems that ensue, like heart disease and all sorts of disorders, as you can have kidney disease, things like that. So it, it is is a case of mistaken identity, and it's a failure to be inclusive to study the entire picture of what's really going on with vitamin D metabolism. So you need to understand calcium status, you need to understand magnesium status, and you need to understand both storage and active. And if you don't have all four of those components, then you're just being irresponsible, both as a patient and as a physician, because it's, it is not rocket science. Right. Marley, what is your preferred way to measure those synergies? It, on the, no, I do a lot of... Excuse me, I've got a, a, a relationship with a company called The Quest, a test. It's a patient-directed lab ordering system. And there are others, you know, um, I can't think of uh, direct labs is another one. I think there's two or three others. But the point is Request, a test, and I've worked together for several years now, and I have a, um, 
a panel, there's a section you can go, it's just for the magnesium advocacy group, and there's a whole series of, of blood tests. One of them is called the, the MAG Vitamin D Panel, and it has I, the ionized calcium, the MAG RBC, and the um, calcitriol and calcidiol, calcitriol being active and calcidiol being storage. And, and they can order that themselves. And what's interesting is I've got, oh, hundreds of clients who did just that, took the results into their doctor, and I think almost with, um, there's only one physician who didn't request this, but all the others said, stop taking vitamin D when they saw how high the calcitriol was. Wow. Yeah. Once they get exposed to the the full panel, then they realize what's really going on. But but the the problem is I've got clients who routinely take 2,000, 5,000, 10,000. I have one client who took 50,000 units of vitamin D for six months. I have a client down in Buenos Aires who took 250,000 units of vitamin D at his doctor's request, became a hot mess, and the doctor doesn't understand what happened. Well, that's like like a bomb going off inside your body because what, what the doctors don't and what the vitamin D council won't tell you is that Supplemental hormone D in an isolated fashion causes renal potassium wasting. And what I've seen on thousands of hair tests, because most of the people that I consult with have taken vitamin D, is their potassium is at rock bottom 100% of the time. It devastates the cellular mechanics of the body. And it's it's a very intricate process that we probably don't have time for, but just know well, let's that just, there let's is Let's just a, answer a question because I'm sure that many patients that are listening to this are going, wow, but my vitamin D, they're going, Morley, they're screaming, Morley, but my vitamin D is 14. 14, right. I'm, I'm supposed to be taking vitamin D, right? And your answer to and, that is going to be? <laughs> what is your magnesium red blood cell? What is your calcitriol, the active hormone component? I understand that the storage is low. You need to understand the active side. And then you need to understand how many symptoms do I have that are representative of too much calcium? The most notable, particularly for this radio show, is called hypothyroidism. Right. Because the thyroid is ruled by the ratio of calcium to potassium. So what does vitamin D do? It causes stratospheric levels of calcium, and it causes what's technically called hypokalemia. It's really low potassium. So if you have really high calcium, really low potassium, your calcium to potassium ratio is really high, and therefore your thyroid function is really low. Wow. How about that? So then by taking that supplement, the doctor is guaranteed having a hypothyroid patient for life. It's, a, it's like this is, this, is, this is a cash flow solution. This is great. 
And if I can get a couple thousand people like that, then then I don't have to worry about my bills. (laughs) Okay, so, of course, everybody, Morley, everybody is chomping at the bit. They're ready for the show to be over because they're going to run down to the health food store and they're going to grab massive amounts of magnesium. Uh oh. Well, well, let's let's before they do. Let's talk about iron for just a minute. <laughs> right. There we go. Perfect. Right. Yeah. No. So so my take on on vitamin D, it's pure deception, pure disinformation, pure Love it. destruction. Okay. It is right, and that one number is just a storage number. I love I love that. Like explaining exactly, there's a reason why you got there. Is what you're saying? There's a reason. Thank (laughs) you. There's a reason why you got there. So then let's talk about the iron issue because I that eluded me for seven years, and like I said earlier, it was this Italian uh, researcher who, who decided to tell the truth, and so what what what's happening is that. You, you, which you, you have to put the iron issue into proper context. Um, the number one element on the planet Earth, 36% of the composition of the planet Earth is iron. Okay? Number one That's element right. on the planet. Big, yeah. big part of the planet. And what we're supposed to believe is that iron is the number one nutrient deficiency on the planet Earth. That is, that is the conventional paradigm. And that, what that means is that Mother Nature has designed the modern species to be incapable of metabolizing the number one element on the planet. Oh. I'm, not buying, I'm not buying that. And so... <clears throat> I didn't really, I didn't understand iron until I started to understand the enzyme ceruloplasmin to the audience. To anyone who can say that properly when they're talking to me will get a discount. <laughs> ceruloplasmin? <laughs> I'm there. People, can, people will be practicing it for days. Like, yeah, ceruloplasmin, ceruloplasmin, ceruloplasmin. But... Uh, <laughs> No, but the point is, ceruloplasm is ridiculously important. And so when Holmberg and Laurel, two Swedish uh, physiologists, discovered it in 1941, they thought they had discovered the Holy Grail. I think they did, but I think it sent a shockwave through Big Pharma. And it is an incredibly complex enzyme that has 1,056 amino acids. There are very few enzymes that are bigger than that. But it's unique in that it has, at least in 1941 and for the next 30 years, it had eight copper atoms inside it. So it's actually like a tank. A tank takes four guys to run a tank. Well, this tank takes eight guys. And one of the most important functions that it has is to deal with iron and keep iron in proper regulation so that it can be loaded up on hemoglobin 
molecule so that iron can be loaded up on transferrin, so that iron can be loaded up into iron sulfur clusters, and so that iron can be used around the body. And in the early literature, there was a lot of gaga about ceruloplasm, especially by Earl Frieden, who was an uh, iron researcher at um, University of Florida um, in Gainesville. And so it's, it's very important to iron metabolism is to have proper levels of ceruloplasm. Well, what you also have to understand is that in 1941, the governments of the English-speaking countries around the globe UK, Canada, Australia, US, and I think there's indications of South Africa, all started to add iron filings to our flour, our wheat flour. And they called it iron fortification because wow. what do you do to fortify a fort? You use iron. So, but they didn't use organic iron. They used iron filings. Then in, it's important these dates are very important. So we've got ceruloplasm being discovered in the same year that they're adding iron to the food. And then in 1972, two really important events happened. One was the FDA sought to, to increase the amount of iron in the wheat flour by 100%. And 37 scientists oh from around the world flew to Washington to testify against it. And basically the theme of their testimony was, what are you trying to do, kill people? And so the FDA, in a very magnanimous decision, only increased it by 50%. And so the, the part that Bill Davis forgot to tell us, when he's yammering away about all the different changes that they made to wheat, he forgot to tell us that they've been adding iron to wheat, which is why all of the chapters that are devoted to the comorbidity of gluten sensitivity, well, eight of the nine chapters deal with magnesium deficiency. He doesn't know that because he's an MD, wink, wink. And he doesn't know that iron eats magnesium for lunch. So it's, it's a very important part of this whole story to understand the toxic dimension of iron, particularly when it's being added to the food. And in 19, early 80s, they added high fructose corn syrup. Then in the early 90s, uh. they added GMO. What's the significance of that? Well, those three events, iron, high fructose corn syrup, and GMO, all conspire to lower copper in the liver and increase iron in the liver. What happens? Cerulotasm goes into the toilet, and you can't convert T4 into T3. Hmm, what a surprise. And, you, and there, are, there are a thousand other enzymes that stop working right because you have too little copper and too much iron. But one, what, what does happen is it begins to create iron does, as I noted in the, in the beginning of my, my comments, um, iron causes inflammation. Inflammation does not come from Mars. Iron comes from right. inside. Uh, inflammation comes from inside iron toxic magnesium depleted cells that's a fact and so there's a condition called anemia of inflammation and your listeners should study that very carefully because what it causes is low iron in a serum 
it causes low percent saturation, and it causes low ferritin. And so on paper, the person looks anemic, wink, wink, when in fact they're not. So, so what happened? Say that, well, say that again, my, Morley. I'm sorry. You called it anemic? What did you say? Anemia? Anem- say it again. Anemia of inflammation. It's also called anemia of chronic disease. Hmm. But anemia of inflammation <clears throat> occurs because ceruloplasmin is low, <clears throat> and then there's a key hormone called hepcidin. Hepcidin rises, and when hepcidin rises, the ability to get iron out of the tissue goes down, and so the iron is building in the tissue, which is causing inflammation, and then it gets expressed in a blood test as low because the body thinks it's sick, what it is, but it thinks it's got an infection when in fact it has inflammation, and what is inflammation? It's an infection without a pathogen. That's what inflammation is. They've created a condition that never really existed before because they've been adding iron to our food at toxic levels. So this is a completely engineered state, but it expresses as low in a blood test, and it evokes a reaction in the mineral denialist, oh, you have anemia, wink, wink, and the patient doesn't know any different. They think, oh, okay, okay, doc, you know, what, I, what do I need to do? I, I have a client, yesterday I was talking to a client who took 700 milligrams of iron every day. Oh, my God. Are you serious? Oh, my gosh. I have a client in Stuttgart, Germany, whose doctor, she's 37 years old, doctor thought she was anemic, wink, wink, gave her two iron infusions. And what happened was she started to sweat. She started to have severe night sweats. She's 37 years old, severe night sweats. And after this went on for a week, she chose to take the bed linen off to wash it only to realize that when she took the sheet off her mattress cover was bright red oh my god are you iron, iron iron yes she sent me a picture Literally of it I couldn't believe it oh my god iron came out of her sweat so so the body people are being assaulted at a level that is unheard of and and it's it's of biblical proportions. And so we have this we have this very twisted world where we never talk about magnesium, we never talk about bioavailable copper, and we obsess about calcium, and we always default to needing more iron, and it's the perfect recipe for chronic disease. And if I made my living off of sick people, that's exactly what I would do. And that's exactly what they are doing. But most people are too asleep because they don't want to believe that it's really happening. They're in a state of denial about this. So back yeah, to the because story they're of, they're taught that of course inflammation is gonna is gonna make the ferritin go higher, which is not really indicative of an iron level. That's that's more their primary thought process. 
here, here's that's a very important opposite point. of what you're saying. What's that? So that so, iron metabolism has an engine, and iron metabolism has a trunk. So from 1862 to 1972, any scientist or any clinician knew that in order to measure anemia, it was what is the level of hemoglobin and hematocrit in this person's blood. And and during that 110-year period, they knew that if hemoglobin was low, that it was a clinical sign of copper deficiency. Not iron, copper deficiency, because they knew that every facet of hemoglobin synthesis is dependent upon bioavailable copper. And that's a fact. Hmm. But in 1972, a very important research team um, published an article in the, Lamp, in the British Medical Journal, and they put the spotlight on ferritin. And ferritin shows up in the liver, in the spleen, and in the bone marrow as a storage protein for iron. And they suddenly said, oh, we've got to measure it in the blood now because that's a sign of, of healthy iron metabolism is, is ferritin. And people believe that for 45 years until research of Douglas Kell, who is a physiologist at the University of Manchester, also in England, who was recently knighted for his work in his important article that was written in 2009 is called Iron Behaving Badly. Now, when a scientist wants to make a statement, they will write an article. It's about, it's about 12 to 15 pages long, and they'll usually have about 100 citations, and that's considered the rigor. That's like, yes, you've made your statement. Uh, Dr. Kell's article is 20 pages long, so it's a little longer than normal, but there are 2,420 citations and what he is doing is he is thumping the nose of the scientific and clinical community and he's basically saying you're not just wrong you're dead wrong because his assertion his assertion and he he backs it up with 2400 citations is that when ferritin shows up in the blood it's a sign of of disease, it's a sign of pathology, it's a sign of tissue decay, and ferritin in the blood is a very dangerous metabolite. Why? Because every molecule of ferritin has 4,500 atoms of iron. So you're saying ferritin should actually be zero? Well, I don't know that it should be zero. What I do is I... I go, I've been a long-standing student of, of heart disease because everyone in my family died of it. So I thought I'm next, oh so I better understand right. it. So, so I studied right. it very carefully, and leading cardiologists who've been studying heart disease and studying the iron toxicity that causes heart disease, they don't want to see ferritin. They like to see it between 20 and 50. 
and that's the range that I use. If the cardiologist, the smart cardiologist, think it should be between 20 and 50, I'm okay with that. This idea right, right. that ferritin needs to be over 100 to get your thyroid medication working, wink, wink. I'm like, oh, my God, that's so frightening to even think about. And so, right, usually it's 50, 50 or 60 is what I've heard at the most. And, and, you know, there are quite a few people that actually struggle to get to that point. Right. And the reason why they struggle is because no one told them that there's two types of ferritin, heavy and light. No one told them that the heavy requires ceruloplasm. No one told them that the heavy is acidic and the light is alkaline. And the things that people don't know, and especially the things that the doctor doesn't know, are enough that people should be running down the street like their hair's on fire. <laughs> because, because what are they doing? They keep pummeling their body with vitamin D and iron supplements. And iron supplements, yeah. And it's because if you don't understand how the minerals work, if you don't understand that that vitamin D is magnesium dependent and that iron is entirely copper dependent, then you don't understand how they work. And so the, the analogy I use for people is to get them to really understand the relationship of iron and copper is I'm sure you guys have seen a ventriloquist act. And there's some very funny ventriloquist acts. But we always focus on the dummy because they're saying these outrageous things and their head's spinning around and it's just like, it's so captivating. And we tend to <laughs> ignore the comedian. Well, I got news for you. Inside the human body, iron is the dummy and copper is the comedian. And when you get and into that, And real, so most people think copper is toxic so and then of course everybody right. takes too much zinc which depletes copper that's right that's right you're, you are just you're just like reeling me backwards like a fish line it's just going well <laughs> but the, thing, the thing is i've i've challenged 38 victims of dietary dogma and it turns out that they're all Wrong. Every one of them. Right. And we're just, we're we just could do folic about. acid, but that's a whole other show. <laughs> well, yeah. And the health problems and, and, that's caused, and, fortification of folic right. acid. Yeah. Right. And real quick, real quick, just to put a perspective on that, one of my mentors is a copper researcher, gift, very gifted. His name was Leslie Clave, and he understands copper in a way that no one on the planet does. But I once asked him, I said, Dr. Clave, I said, how important is copper to the B vitamins? And he said, well, he says, I can't speak for all of them. He said, but what I will tell you is that B9 folate has an absolute dependence on copper, on copper. in order to work properly. Do you think that might be why people have folate deficiency is because they're copper deficient? Because the food system is morally bankrupt and minerally bankrupt, and because you want, people you want have to hear so my 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 conspiracy theory on all that, though. Sure. Okay, I'm going out on a limb here for the listeners. Uh-oh, I'm, I'm crazy. <laughs> but if you can control all these things, right, you inevitably control the thyroid, which controls sex drive, and it controls fertility, which controls population. 
Oh, I think you're right. Oh, I mean, it's no, like absolutely. a perfect Only... recipe <laughs> to it's, control it's, population, it's, people's ability to procreate. <laughs> it's like, oh, my I, God. I'm, I'm, I'm totally with you because there is a thin the herd strategy. All the decisions in the last 70 years have all been to thin the herd. But when you really when you really step back from all the dietary recommendations, low-fat diet, more sugar, um, you know, stay away from bacon and eggs, turns out all of those recommendations have perfectly lowered our ability to absorb copper and have accelerated our ability to absorb iron. And when you have too much iron, you have iron dysregulation. And when you have iron dysregulation, you have mineral chaos. And you have a loss of energy, and you you absolutely have a loss of libido, as you're referring to. But, but what I really want to make sure people understand, this is where I'm coming from, the human body is not run by the thyroid. That's just more allopathic thinking disorder. It is not run by the thyroid. Yes, it's a very important uh, gland. I, I will grant you that. But when you understand the real mechanics of the thyroid, you understand and what runs the thyroid. That, right, right, right. So you just have to you have to go backwards and understand what what runs the thyroid. Right. It's not the thyroid. Like I tell people, oh. thyroid medication does not fix nutrient and mineral deficiencies. Absolutely right. And, it's and like it's take, like putting your foot on the gas pedal without any gas in there. Very well said. I like that. That's a great analogy. And so the thing is, here's my take on on thyroid medication. To, to extend your conspiracy theory, <laughs> I believe, no. Let's 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 talk about the thyroid for a minute because I'm that's a given that you're the thyroid nation. You guys want right, to talk right. about the thyroid. So there's three ways to measure a happy thyroid. You wake up in the morning and your body temperature is close to 98.6. You wake up and you get out of bed and you notice in the mirror, I don't have a lot of extra fat. And you, you go to bed at the end of the day saying, wow, I had plenty of energy to get things done. Those are the three acid tests that the thyroid is working, right? There's right. a body temperature, body mass index, and enough ATP. So, half the nation, as I understand, at least the articles I've read, half of the adult population in this country, I don't know about the world, but certainly in in North America, half the adult population is on Synthroid. So all we got to do is go to Walmart and realize that this medication is not working because the, the morphology at Walmart is different. It's like walking into the set of Star Wars and Jabba the Hutt. You're like, where do these people come from? And so, but the thing is, here's my take on the medication. I believe what they've done is they've created medication that undermines magnesium and copper metabolism, and it provides just enough of the hormones that are needed to pass the blood test because metabolically people are not changed. Their body temperature does not change. Their body mass index does not change. Their energy level does not change. 
their symptoms go away, but the three acid tests for thyroid function all fail, at least for the clients I've worked with. And so I contend that they're doing something to muck up the minerals that run the thyroid, which I believe is magnesium and copper. And yes, thyroid peroxidase enzyme, yes, it, it is a peroxidase enzyme. So yes, iron is involved, but when you pull the curtain back, what do you discover? Oh my gosh, there's whole food vitamin C. What does whole food vitamin C have in it? It's an enzyme, inside it has an enzyme called tyrosinase. Tyrosinase. Mm-hmm. Do you think that might have a relationship to tyrosine, possibly? And what does, and what does tyrosinase do? It enables the iodine, it enables the iodide to become iodine so it can be loaded onto tyrosine to make the T4 hormone. And you've got to have whole food vitamin C to make that work. And what's inside the tyrosinase enzyme? It's a, it's a tetrahedral pyramid. It means it has three sides. And there's four coppers, three at the base and one at the top. And if you don't have those four coppers, you don't have tyrosinase. If you don't have tyrosinase, you don't have vitamin C. And if people think that ascorbic acid and vitamin C are the same thing, then I got both a used BMW and a bridge I'd love to sell them. Right, exactly. <laughs> and most people don't even know that's corn most of the time, GMO corn. Right. Ouch. That's it. That's an ouchie. Ouch is right. <laughs> right there. That's, that's exactly. And, what, and here's, here's the kicker. What is corn, when you go back historically, what mineral did corn provide? It was a rich source of copper. But I can assure you it doesn't exist now in that state. No. So we've, we've now become a nation of corn and soy, and they've totally destroyed the nutrient properties of corn. And then by virtue of not fermenting soy, becomes a toxic agent inside our body. But most people don't know that. Interesting. My so very I think, interesting. I think your, your, your conspiracy theory is, is spot on. I think there are other um, bells and whistles we can add to it. But, right, but right. Think, oh, Sure. To the, to the people who are listening to this and who are willing to be awake, I think they've, maybe their head is now spinning like the little dummy in a ventriloquist back. Thinking, <laughs> oh, my God. I had no idea it was that bad. And, and, the, and here's, the, here's the part that I would really caution the listeners about. People are desperate to find a doctor who understands the problem or a doctor who will listen to them. Right. Absolutely. That's not the option. That's not. And the, only, and the reason why people want the doctor is so they can keep getting the thyroid medication. I get that. I understand. But what I'm well, trying I think to teach people... I think you just pointed out a, a, an enormous reason for dissatisfaction with, with physicians is because they don't really get what you're saying. They, they don't have an answer for that. When people say, I don't answer. feel well, doc, I don't feel well, he looks at the blood work and he says, Everything is normal, even even if he was generous enough, according to him, to run a serum magnesium, right? Right. 2.1, right. it's normal, 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 yeah. normal, TSH, normal. 
T4 normal, T3 normal, everything's fine, and this person feels like they're dying, you are asking the physician to understand something that they are not educated in, period. You're not going to get it. Right, because there's there's three phases to the interaction with the doctor. First visit, I don't feel well. The doctor goes, all right, well, we'll run some tests. He doesn't tell you that the tests that they're going to run have no relevance to your metabolism, but a lot of data is going to get spit out. Go back for the second visit, and the the client says, I don't feel well. And the doctor looks at the test and says, well, everything's in range. And the patient leaves thinking, oh, my God, something's wrong. They go back for the third visit. How can I be normal? Right, 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 right. Third visit, I, I just don't feel right. What does the doctor do? Here's an antidepressant. And that's how oh, they I got hope we're getting. I hope we're getting away from that. I mean, we try to shout that message on this show all the time. Um, no, I know. I, I hope you do. I, I'm, I, hoping. I no, oh, well, I'm hoping. The future, we're not there yet. Dana, we are no, not, not there yet. No, we're not. Okay. We're not. It's so but frustrating. The way, that, the way that patients are going to make them listen is by making themselves better Bingo. and okay. not needing that information that the physician has to provide. And it's going to force them, as it already has, to go integrative and functional and dig deeper. Right. We so as patients, have, it's no different than supply and demand. We are going to get what we ask for. Right. So if we keep going back to these people who are uneducated in this, to try to help us feel well, which then they're not capable of that. Sorry about that. Hold on a second. They're not capable of that. We're going to change medicine by saying, you're not helping me, so I'm going to go here. They're going to have to change. Here's a, here's yeah, they are. Yeah. I had an opportunity to talk with the world's authority on magnesium. His name is Burton Altura, and he and his wife, Bella, have published over a 1,000 articles during their 65-year career. Uh, and they teach at uh, SUNY Downstate Medical Center in Brooklyn. Amazing uh, researchers and writers and, and just, just absolutely amazing. So it was a long process to get to actually being able to talk to Dr. Ochoa. <clears throat> the, the day came talking to him, and he was, you know, telling me about what he had accomplished during his career. And, and at the appropriate moment, I said, well, Dr. Ochoa, I see it differently. And he said, what do you mean? I said, I think you failed. And I could feel the anger welling up inside him. <laughs> and then he went, oh, my gosh, you're right. And I said, what, what was the change of heart? He says, I spent 65 years trying to teach doctors about magnesium, and they have no economic incentive. I said, that's exactly that's right. right. I said, this is mm-hmm. a people's war. It's the people that are going to make the change. And so what I... You know, my goal here is I don't, I'm not trying to be a guru, but I want to teach people to be a guru for their body and that they become their own physician. We love and that. And have the wherewithal. And that's what this is about is having the ability and the confidence to order the right tests and having the confidence to know how to interpret them or seek out people like me to help them uh, interpret it. But, but ultimately, that. that they are in control to manage their health, just like their great-grandparents did 100 years ago. And, and that's really what this is about, is shifting that balance of power back to the people where it belongs and away from these, these quasi 
science fiction people that that, that dominate people's uh, decision making about their health. Okay. And, and, and you are doing it, a great job. Go ahead, Dana. Sorry. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say you're doing a great job. You know, you are empowering the people, and you're getting the information out in your Facebook group. And I know you're also um, kind of helping uh, teach or coach uh, people out there to be similar to you, to learn so that they can help others. Because there's only one Morley Robbins, right? I mean, there's right, only right. one of you, right? <laughs> and right. I know personally one of them, I made, I made friends with this woman uh, several years ago that you are kind of mentoring. Her name is Mandy Chadwick, and she, I believe, is listening. And I just wanted to say hello to her because I think she is fabulous. So just a quick shout-out during the show, that's all. And Mandy's a rock star. She's she's I think she's one of the examples of, of Mother Earth on the planet. She's just amazing. She so, is. Yeah. She really yeah. is. So I know. Just a quick I'm, shout out. Yeah, and I, and I would love to have I would love to have a thousand Mandys out there. And and that that is my goal now, is that, that I see, you know, in the same sense that Mag is my church. I, you know, I've got whatever, whatever it is, 64,000 people, whatever the number is now. I want to have three more zeros after that. I want to have 64 million people. Oh, you and, will. You know, well, you know, if, if I live that long. But, but see, what I, was, what I was inspired by was I thought, well, if I could get as many people on my group as, as Schindler had on his list, that would be yeah. really cool. And you know how many people were on Schindler's list? He had 1,200 names on his list. Mm-hmm. And, and so then it was, well, if I can get 1,200, that'd be great. And then I thought, well, no, if I can get 12,000, that'd be really cool. But now what my real goal is, is I, why not? Why not 12 million or 64 million or whatever? Because then then we know we ding the universe so that the people are, in fact, awake and are challenging the insane thought process that there is such a thing as medical disease. It doesn't exist. What does exist is metabolic dysfunction. And what causes metabolic dysfunction? It's mineral dysregulation. And what causes mineral dysregulation faster and more powerfully than anything else on the planet? It's called iron. And, and that's the struggle that we've got now is most people, especially women, no offense, but most women think they're anemic and they're not but it's a big step to get them to change their thinking. And most women think of their menstrual cycle as a curse, when in fact it's a blessing. And the reason why women outlive men, there's two reasons. One, women are smarter than men. And secondly, they have a monthly blood loss, which means they have a monthly iron loss. And it was Jerome Sullivan, who was a medical student, who was musing in class, who was thinking, gee, I wonder why women outlive men. And he figured it out in class and then changed cardiology because of that one thought that he had. And the field of cardiology knows that the incidence of heart disease is lower in a cycling woman. And then after they stop menstruating, the incidence of heart disease is identical to men. And women need to understand that. And women need to understand that endometriosis is caused by iron overload and that estrogen dominance is caused by iron overload and that all of these conditions that they've been led to believe were caused by some disease state or some label 
No, I can assure you I've taken the time to meticulously connect the dots from iron-induced oxidative stress affects enzyme pathways all over the body. And when you mix too much iron with too much estrogen, it will create all sorts of problems in the body. Mm-hmm. And people need to understand that relationship much more intimately than they do. Okay, I'm in a flower-filled moment here. I just yeah, I was kind just of absorb say that. all that. Can you just? I just need you to stop and let me just take that all in for just a second. We call these our flower-filled moments, um, Morley, because I just sometimes when you say something that's so powerful, profound, us, you know, women and and thyroid patients, we just need a moment. We just need that's a moment to take it all in. So for all those women, Morley, and, and men that are listening, that want to run down to their health food store and grab magnesium, what do you say to them? Put on your sneakers. <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm serious. I'm serious. No, I know. Seriously, no, what, I know. because that's what they're all thinking. They're all thinking... I need to go get magnesium, and I want you to, to guide them in that. Put on your sneakers. What I, what I would encourage them to do is go to the gotmag.org website. That's G-O-T-M-A-G dot O-R-G. And there's a, um, a link there for how to increase magnesium. You have some fabulous help. articles on that site, by the way. Yes, you do. Just Amazing. That is a pow- that is probably one of the most power packed information sites I have ever seen. It You're is. I, I, yeah. I actually have a couple of your articles on Thyroid Nation <laughs> as well because they are so good. And I want to ask you, I have not perused the site um lately, but I wanted to ask and I'm opening a can of worms, just tell me. But there are so many things going around on the internet and I'm confused myself. There's all different kinds of magnesium, and everybody says this is good, this is bad, this is good, and and citrate and and glycinate, and don't do this. And is it is it is that true, or is it per person? Is it an individual? Can you answer it yeah. quickly, or did I just open a can of worms? No, 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 no. Let me answer that along with what what next to do. So go to the gotmag.org and look up how to how to increase magnesium and get some context for what's going on. Ideally, I'd love for people to get a mag RBC so they know the certainty what their status is. That would be very helpful for them to have that. Very and helpful then, in supplementation, the, right? <laughs> right. Right. And what's important is if you suspect you need magnesium, and it's a safe bet, I mean, the, the statistics are 80% of people are deficient. I think it's closer to 99%. But the point is most people are deficient. And so there's four ways to restore magnesium and you can do it in water with mineral drops and that's an ionic form of magnesium and that's the most bioavailable form it immediately gets absorbed by tissue is in the ionic state then then we've got what are called um, supplements that are usually chelated and what I find most of the people I work with respond well to either magnesium malate, and I use Jigsaw Health, so it's a very user-friendly, very bioavailable form, or pure encapsulations or Doctor's Best has a magnesium glycinate. Again, magnesium malate, magnesium glycinate 
are very bioavailable in most people, but not all people. Some people can't take glycinate, especially if they've been dancing with benzodiazepines. It doesn't work right. And so you have to, you have to be open to other forms like uh, magnesium taurate or magnesium uh, gluconate or maybe magnesium orotate. The ones that I would stay away from, particularly, would be magnesium citrate, which is a very popular form, but the citrate molecule irritates the bowel. It doesn't stimulate the bowel, and the citrate molecule also affects the functional status of ceruloplasm. So I just stay away from it. There are, there are about 25 different forms of supplemental magnesium, but I work with two in particular. Then there's a third form of magnesium, and that's transdermal, either Epsom salt, which is magnesium sulfate, or magnesium chloride oil. Magnesium chloride oil is the most primordial form of magnesium because that's, that's seawater that's been dehydrated. So it's, it's, it's what our ancient, ancient, ancient ancestors knew. And so it's, it, the body will absorb magnesium through the skin. It's, it's been done for millennia. And so Epsom salt is really good for detox. Magnesium chloride oil is very good for restoring magnesium staff, staff, status, excuse me, either through foot baths, full baths, or you can just spray it on your skin and, and rub it in. And then the fourth kind is through your diet. Magnesium-rich foods, leafy green vegetables, uh, like collard greens and um, beet greens uh, are very rich. Um, having uh, certain nuts like cashews are very rich in magnesium. Um, uh, hemp, hemp seeds very rich in magnesium. Pumpkin you know, seeds, uh, right, pumpkin, pumpkin seeds, licorice. Licorice, not candy, but licorice is a hmm. very high source of, of magnesium, as is seaweed and kelp. Again, yeah, we don't want just, we don't want those with the sneakers on running down to the store uh, and getting their <laughs> and getting their uh, magnesium and then stopping by and picking up some you know candy licorice, right? right. So just to make right. sure. <laughs> but, the, but, the, but the thing is, if you if you're going to start to dump a lot of magnesium in your body, it's going to put pressure on the adrenal glands, and this is what I know for a fact. Anyone who has a thyroid problem has an adrenal problem that preceded it. A hundred percent of the time, and that's so me. okay, yep. and that's most. That's, that, that's really that. Those are the that's the sequence, and so some, some are bigger than adrenal, others. Yes, right. And the adrenal gland right. is ruled by the minerals sodium and magnesium. And it's the relationship of sodium to magnesium that determines adrenal health. But if you start to dump in a lot of magnesium, and you don't support the adrenals' need for sea salt and potassium, and vitamin C, it's going to work against you. And so people can also find a recipe for the adrenal cocktail. It's just a simple um, four ounces of fresh squeezed orange juice, a quarter teaspoon of sea salt, and a quarter teaspoon of of potassium, either potassium uh, bicarbonate or potassium chloride, or or even... um, um, the baking product. My mind's just shutting down. Um, I can't think of it. <laughs> but it, but the point is, it's a very simple baking soda? solution. 
No, not baking soda. It's um. No, it's um. I I, I ordered it. Um. Tartar. Yeah. Tartaric acid. Cream of cream of tartar. Cream of tartar. Cream of tartar. Thank you. So that's those are very simple ways to support the adrenals, and you can do that concoction mid morning and or mid-afternoon, and what that does is it nourishes the adrenals so they don't get overwhelmed by the magnesium, and the formula I use for magnesium is uh, 5 milligrams per pound body weight, and so if you weigh 100 pounds, uh, it's 500 milligrams, or if you weigh, you know, 50 kilograms, it's 10 milligrams per kilo. If you weigh 50 kilos, it's 100 uh, it's uh, 500 milligrams again. It's just a different formula. So it's five. Now, would that apply count, to glycinate as well? Count. Would that apply with yeah. glycinate as well at, at its uh, absorption yeah. rate? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Because the thing with what you have to understand is that um, there are a lot of variables, and a lot of people have gut dysbiosis, and, and they don't realize that the reason why they have gut dysbiosis is they've been eating iron in their wheat for most of their life. What does iron do? Iron attracts pathogens, bacteria, fungus, virus, and parasites. And what do, what do pathogens love to do? Punch holes in the gut lining. And that's where the leaky gut comes from. So when you begin to deal with the iron dysregulation, then you begin to heal the gut and you begin to absorb more of the minerals. And that's where a lot of people get their syllables out of sequence because they, they attack the leaky gut not realizing that it's the iron behind it it's causing the problems. Wow, this has been a lot of fantastic information. Another flower field moment right there. Um, and for those of you that are listening live, we're going to uh, keep going for just a couple minutes. We appreciate you joining us. You can go back and listen to this on iTunes. And uh, we're going to finish up here with uh, Morley in just a bit, but just wanted to let you guys know. Okay, so lots of information. I'm absorbing. And basically, you know, one of my one of my gut feelings and questions and thoughts I want to share is that isn't this in a dumbed down version getting just to the root cause or to the root of what your health kind of issues are morely like basically doing some some uh like an HTMA analysis and and vitamin testing and magnesium and and minerals and just your deficiencies and all that and then kind of balancing that and then shouldn't most everything kind of, you know, resolve itself? I mean, I remember talking to Dr. Peter Osborne, don't you, Tiff? And he was talking about uh, vitamin D and vitamin A and vitamin B and all kinds of things at the root of, of thyroid issues. And um, you know, to me, that just seems kind of simple. Is, is that too simplified? No, I, I don't think it is. So let me, let me do some, an analogy. Most people understand what Newtonian physics is. You know, big particle, big big planets moving through the sky have a certain precision. And, and that Newtonian model ruled physics for many, many years until a guy came along and introduced the world to quantum physics. Mm-hmm. And that's, the, that's the, the energy and physics of atoms and subatomic particles. And they work at a very different dimension than big particle physics. Well, the corollary is medicine and most people doing nutritional therapy are preoccupied with big particle activity. All right. they're, looking at, they're looking at hormones and they're looking at enzymes and they're looking at vitamins. But 
But where is the action? The action's at the atomic level. Who brings atoms to the party? They're called minerals. Minerals. And every and minerals have electrons. And you know there are there are many many elements on the periodic table, and there are 18 essential minerals. And one of my favorite quotations is from a he's actually a um, a Jesuit um, physics professor in Brazil, and he said the following. Of the 18 essential minerals, the most important by far is magnesium. It's the teacher of the classroom. When one student or another is missing, no problem. But when the teacher is missing, the disorder is perfect. And so what happens is if you don't understand the the atomic impact and power of that one mineral, then you don't understand 42% of the metabolism. And it is an atomic dimension. And what mineral metabolism is about is really getting to the root, just as you said, because that's where the electronic handoffs take place. Because what, what are we? We're all energetic beings. We are. We are. We are. We have an electrical field. The, what's interesting is the electromagnetic field of the heart extends nine feet from the body. The I have heard that. Yeah. yeah, and the electromagnetic field of the heart is 10,000 times greater than the brain. What does the heart run on? It's called magnesium ATP. And what stops it from beating? is too much iron that causes too much calcium, which causes too little magnesium. And, and, a, and a beating heart is like your hand that you're making into a fist and then opening it up. It's going back and forth, pumping, constantly pumping. It's, it's the only muscle in the body that never gets to rest. But make a fist and keep it in a fist. And what's that called? That's called a heart attack because it's lost mm-hmm. its ability to regulate and what does, what does magnesium bring to the party? It brings relaxation and regulation and recovery and resilience. That's the magic of magnesium. And what does iron do? It's like, it's like a bully in a playground. And it bumps magnesium out of the cell whenever it can. They just have a, they have a, a dynamic relationship that if allowed, if iron gets the upper hand, the person will devolve into a chronically sick state. It's, it's that simple. At least as I've, at least as I've pieced it together. Oh. So it is, it is about the root. It's absolutely about the root of the problem. And, yeah. I, and I think that's where I think people need to start focusing is around the root and not around the fringe and all the, the extra, right. extraneous labels that right. they get laid, that they Given handed. Yeah, like There's I might have thyroid, thyroid disease. Like, right, I might have thyroid disease or Hashimoto's or whatever. But really, I should start focusing on you know how it got there, why it got there, where where is the root, why did it happen, and, and start from there. I believe, and I think that would help me and help me health wise tremendously. So I, I agree with that. It's such a flower field like idea. The whole 
that whole thing seems so simple, but it's it's not in a way. So thank you for sharing that, and thank you for coming on the show today. You've taught us so many oh wonderful things, and just um, amazing. We could we could we could talk for hours and hours. For and hours. This is why I've been wanting. Yeah, I've been wanting you on the show for so long, and I'm so grateful to that you've taken the time to sh- to share all of your wisdom with us because we're going to share this radio show and it'll be out there. I know you're also a friend of Wendy Myers and she has you on frequently. So we'd like you to come back as well. We'd love to have you on the show periodically just to keep us all updated and on our toes. We're going to talk about copper next time. That's right. <laughs> I'd love to. That would be, be a lot of fun because people have that upside down and backwards. So, yeah, that would oh, be great big to time. do. And I appreciate, appreciate the opportunity to uh, spend time with you guys and hopefully what I've shared makes sense. Uh, and I'm delighted that there are flower-filled moments. That's very exciting. Uh, (laughs) People need to really step back and rethink what they're doing. And, and again, there is no such thing as medical disease. It doesn't exist in the minds of practitioners. And people get labeled. They get Mm -hmm. tattooed with a label, and then they start to live the label. And I don't, mm-hmm. I don't buy that. I don't, I don't, I don't treat labels. I get to the root and find out where's the imbalance occurring, why is it occurring, and what can we do to correct that. And that's really what. And the beauty of it is, when you work with minerals, you're really working with your diet and with your supplements. You don't need medication. That's the and I do, know, I do know a lot of people who have really been able to to find some some answers and that has worked for it. And one of them being Mindy, Mindy, uh, Mandy, excuse me. And so I'm, I'm, you know, interested in learning more about her journey. And so maybe we'll have her on the show too. Okay. So we will, we know we've taken up so much of your time, but we want you to come back. We'll talk copper or whatever you want to talk. This has been fantastic. We will share with everybody how to find you. And uh, we really appreciate it. I hope you had fun. We're, we're a little bit different kind of show, and uh, we really, really um, have a magnificent really have day. You. I had to have do a it. magnificent <laughs> day. <laughs> you, you guys are great. Thank uh, you so much, and I look forward to our continued dialogue. It's been a lot of fun. Awesome. Thank, 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 thank you, sir. you so much. You, you take care. Thanks. You too. Oh my Bye. goodness. My goodness. Dot mag dot org. Yep, you can find amazing articles and everything, pretty much everything that we talked about, also how to restore your magnesium levels, a magnesium deficiency, frequently asked questions, just all things Morley Robbins and magnesium at gotmag.org. Amazing articles on here, just gee whiz, craziness. He was yes. amazing. I know, uh, man, so I've got some homework. I go have back and, yeah, dissect all that, like, right? Ten articles. Yep. <laughs> you know, all those authors, and you know me. I'm a nerd. <laughs> I'm a big you nerd. You are a nerd. I kept, I kept, telling, I kept chatting that to Tiffany uh, live on uh, while we were on the air. I was like, you're a nerd. You get this. this. Some of this is over my head. So as always, a very big thank you to our listeners. We do this for you. We hope you enjoy it. Um, we'd love a review or a comment on iTunes if you get a chance, and let us know your thoughts and, and – uh, you know, just what you're thinking. So please let us know, and we'll try to read those out loud someday if, if we get a chance. So uh, go to iTunes and, and download us and check us out. Please. Oh, I'm, I'm just like, I'm chomping at the bit 
to get at these articles. Okay, please be sure to check out Thyroid Nation Essential Oils. Just love and light, a bottle, synthetic, free things to help you feel better, be better, have a piece of, of love and light from me and Dana, healthy skin care, things to just help with, um, just to help. Yeah, just to help and support, <laughs> love. Help and, and support, uh, yes. Light and sleep and, and all of that kind of good stuff. So Yes, lots of goodies there. So check it out yep. at uh, Thyroid Nation, yep. at Thyroid Nation Essentials. Mm-hmm. And we're all over the Internet, so you can find us on all social media outlets. And join our Hoshi's group because it tells you, we tell you all kinds of good stuff and who's the upcoming guest for next week. And we share the links for the show, so check that out. Absolutely, and most importantly, we want to always remind you this is so very important. It sounds trite, but it's really not. Uh, that wellness is a journey and takes continual maintenance and evaluation. You always need to check in with yourself and and listen. That's the key part. Your body's going to tell you everything that you need to know. Proof's going to be in the pudding. And breathe. And breathe. And breathe. And breathe. And listen. <laughs> Okay, guys, this is Dana here, Thyroid Nation Gringotica from Costa Rica, living in Colorado Springs. And Tiffany Milanich of Grateful Garden and Joshua Tree. Bringing, and Joshua Tree, <laughs> bringing the collective voice of thyroid thrivers worldwide so that together, united, we heal. Thanks, guys. See you next time.